Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, what a long weekend, and let me tell you, do we have a special show tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How was your weekend, Greg? <laughs> yes, you know what? But uh, I was telling you about our guest tonight. Uh, I said it was going to be a touching show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a show of uh, the things that people have been looking for, a lot of things that they didn't know they're going to know tonight. And, Brian, I believe a lot of people will be set free tonight. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. You know, it was interesting when I first heard you talking about our guest, I was like, wow, you know, because, you know, I think this is probably the first time we've done a show like this. Yes. So it's going to be very informative as well as interesting to hear, you know, what she has to say and what she's going to talk about, you know, because I think a lot of people, you know, that are involved in that type of situation really don't have a voice or a vehicle upon which they can talk about it and tell other people about, you know, those particular issues. So I think tonight's going to be a great show. Yes, it is. And, and Brian, you know, another thing, too, I think that a lot of things that we thought we knew, we're going to find out tonight that we really didn't have a clue. A lot of the things that we hear others talking about, and we look at, and we look at that situation and we think, what in the world are they talking about? They don't even know if this thing exists that they say that they believe in. So how and why should I believe in it because these bad things are happening to me? And why should I hold on to something that I can't see? Ah. Yeah, so that's why I'm so excited tonight. And, Brian, when I talked to to our guest, when I spoke with her on last week, I tell you what, I, I just felt empowered. I really did because she said some things to me that after we hung up the phone, I was, I had so many questions for her, but I said I would just wait till tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if you would, Brian, go ahead and please bring her in. I'm just, I'm just ready for people to hear from her, and I know the world needs to hear from, from, from our guest, Brian. Yeah. So they really do because I tell you what, she's going to have a lot of things to bring to the table, and if you have your pen and pads available, please, please take notes because she's going to say some wonderful things. And if you need to get in contact with her, we're going to have that contact information. And she's just willing and ready to do whatever she needs to do, Brian, to help someone. Yes, yes. For those that are just joining us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And our special guest tonight is author Karen Gregg Price. And Ms. Price coaches in specializing, I'm sorry, she coaches specializing in goal reaching. Goal reaching, Greg. I like that. Goal reaching. Her areas of expertise are weight loss coaching and overcoming alcohol addiction. Well, I need some weight loss coaching. <laughs> Karen has successfully reached goals and has the know-how from both a mental attitude and practical, intimate knowledge. In Karen Price as your coach, you'll find that you'll have a friend and an ally in your goal-reaching plan. If you are going to pick someone to be on your team or in your corner, Pick Karen Price. Ms. Price, are you there? Yes, I am. That's so uh, much a wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ms. Price, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Island. Thank you so much for coming on and fellowshipping with us and just telling us what we need to be who we were created to be. To be. Thank you. Yes, well, that, uh, that's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I tell you. Uh, when, when you and I spoke, one of the things that, that we both agreed on was uh, that when we go through tough times and trials and tribulations, when we're faced with those things, it's when we come out of that and we're able to share with others and not be embarrassed about what it was that we had to struggle and fight with. And that was something that we both uh, agreed on. And I tell you what, I just, I, I, you know, I have so much praise for you for doing and going around, and you and your husband both, you're a team, a wonderful team, and I, I just, you know, I just um, say thank you for just doing all that you're doing. Well, uh, I appreciate that, and um, 
I think uh, it might be good to kind of tell a little bit around, about my uh, recent book. Yes, yes, please do. Okay, as, we, as you said, we had something in common where we talked about getting through struggles. And um, I personally went through uh, a near-death experience. Um, I became addicted to alcohol. Uh, I was a professional. I had a career. But I did not have a life. And um, that all comes back around to what we're going to talk about. What I did have was an education, and I had money, and I had a good job, and I could buy houses and do, do whatever I want, really. Uh, but I took it all for granted. And I got caught up in the lifestyle. And then as I did that, slowly things started to chip away at my strength. And, and I was weak spiritually to begin with. So starting from the beginning, I grew up in a household with, uh, without a Bible in the house, and um, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I was spiritually ignorant. I went through my life that way. Then when I hit this, uh, I, you know, I've got an MBA, and I'm making all this money, and I moved up to Virginia, and I got around some people that were moving pretty fast, all of a sudden... I was at my weak point, and my demon got me. And my demon was alcohol. And it got me. It was, it's no surprise. I think you would, you're, you'll tell me it's no surprise. And many times I've been in church since then, I have heard pastors tell me, um, you know, that the, the devil's always waiting for the right moment and, um, things like that, and, and that you have to fight a battle every day, many times a day, and you have to stand strong. And so the devil got me, and I went down, so far down, it took, it took God to bring me out. I was... I was someone that you would never thought could have gone down like I did. I went from, like I said, owning houses, having a great career as a mid-level manager in Fortune 500 companies, and I went down to practically penniless on public programs, no health care, seven times hospitalized for alcohol poisoning, one time hospitalized for an alcohol withdrawal seizure that almost killed me. And it took, it took a lot to get back out. And you know what? There's only one thing, one thing it all comes back to. I thank God. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what? It's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. When I, the reason I say that is because you're sharing it and there's so many other people that are out there going through these same things, but they don't have anybody that's going to be transparent like you are right now. And and one thing that I wanted to touch on is you were left for dead a long time ago. I was. You, you're, you're not even supposed to be here now with I this poisoning. Yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I'm just, uh, you, you say it, and, and I feel so strongly about it, I should be dead by now. Yes. I And I know that, but I'm not, so I'm here for something. That's right. That's right. And, and you know what? And, and would you say that that's the case with a lot of us and a lot of the, the things that we, we're we in? We may, we may not all drink. We may not all uh, do drugs. We may not all do or have this one thing. But we all have something that that's just eating us up on the inside. Yes. Um, everybody has a demon or two, I think, and... Uh, you know, there's one that's going to be the strongest and it's uh, going to be the hardest for you to deal with and overcome. But you can, and it can be simple. And I like to say that things are simple because my whole theory and philosophy on life has been that it is a finite or a certain number of steps that you need to take with the goal in mind and you start with very small steps, and you can overcome or reach your goal. You can overcome the challenge, reach your goal. 
So um, it's not easy, you know. And I've I've had some people that have said, "What are you What are you trying to say? It's simply quit drinking." And I said, "No, no, no. I didn't say it was easy. I said simply do it." And if you look up the word simply in the dictionary, you will see that it means like for good. You simply must. You've heard that expression. Mm-hmm. So, but people do have. Um, things that they have to to work with or work on. And the first thing that you've got to do is really identify it. The problem is when you're in it, sometimes you can't see it. And take, for example, I think anybody has probably had a friend in a relationship that was, from from your eyes, it was not a good relationship for your friend. And you try to tell them nicely, and then you try to tell them, uh, you know, other ways, and then you might even try to point out, like, specific things that person did. But are they hearing you? No. But that's because they're in it. And what what is the real trick is to step outside of it, and that takes some mental work. To, In the case of addiction, you have to actually get out of it physically, too. But then you have to mentally step out of it as well. You know, as I was uh, looking over your book, I see that you have different parts. You have different chapters and you have different parts in the book. And the one thing that really caught my attention was Chapter 7. It says the beginning of a long, relapsing recovery. Yes. Yes, it was. Um and I will tell you um, something that's not in the book, and I'd be happy to share it for the first time on your show. Um, relapsing happens. Now, I know you've seen uh, T-shirts and bumper stickers, blank happens. Yeah. Relapse happens. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the, the thing that makes it all great is that if you go into it kind of knowing that you might relapse a little, or if your family and friends know that. And whatever the case may be, it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol, like you said. But it's okay because you've got to be ready to hit a bump and be able to stop yourself while it's just a little bump. And people around you be able to still make sense to you. And that's why it's a long relapsing recovery I wasn't actually getting to the root of my problem either. That is in the book. Um, my my real uh, problem really is uh, dealing with anxiety and depression. So in order to deal with anxiety, I would drink. That allowed me to be able to uh, go out to parties and things like that. I was kind of a, a bookworm. And um, the other... Uh, the other thing that was that um, when you go through uh, recovery, it doesn't just happen in a snap. And my husband had to go through this with me and see it, and it hurt him very, very much. But I might have a good month or two, and then all of a sudden something would set me off, and I would be riding my bicycle over to the, that, the liquor store on the corner, and I got my backpack, and I'm filling it up with as much alcohol as I can get because who wants to make two trips? And that's a sick way of thinking, but getting home and just drinking. And, uh, you know, it's just um, it's, it's a very sick disease, by the way, and it's, um, it makes you think very differently. And all you think about is when are you going to drink again? Um, but one part of my relapsing that I've not put in the book is that um, during this time after uh, recovery, I have a—I actually count my sober date as August 1st, 2006. That's the last time I, I went to treatment, last time when I was in the hospital. And since then, I have drank alcohol once. And the, the thing is, I did not put it in the book because um, I didn't know if it added value there but I'm willing to talk about it because I had a full-time job and I succumbed to peer pressure of all things. The company won an award and we all got invited to a big fancy dinner 
And, of course, I wanted to go. And when I got there down to the uh, Tampa Convention Center, the first thing that happened is that as I was looking for my coworkers, a woman offered to buy me a drink. And I had been sober probably a year. And at that moment, I thought, I can handle this. I've been sober a year. I'm just going to have a couple drinks tonight because I want to fit in. Actually, I won't even drink it. I'll just hold it in my hand and walk around with it so I don't feel awkward. That was my first thought. Of course, I drank it. I drank another glass of wine. The whole party went on. We went over to somewhere else. I drank a few more beers. And I suddenly became scared to death. All of a sudden, it hit me. My husband's at home. My daughter's at home. What the heck am I doing? And that was it. I got out of there. Hmm. But that is that's the one time I have done it since August 1, 2006. And I'm looking forward to uh, August 1, 2008. But that it, it is relapsing, and you have to forgive yourself uh, and hope that, that you won't be tempted. But the thing is, you may be. And you're going to have to start building up your defenses and have a system for how you're going to handle situations like that so that you don't get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, the thing that, that was striking about your situation, you say you were dealing with depression, and the way that you handled the depression was you drank, and alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. So it was like you were in this vicious cycle of trying to self-medicate yourself with something that caused Hello. Okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. Those technical that. difficulties. Yeah. But you so know, you but were... uh, I was saying, you know, that's the thing that you know a lot of people don't realize when they fall into that trap of trying to help themselves instead of, you know, getting the help they need, instead of allowing the help to come to them, they try to fix their own problem. Yeah, and that's why, um, you know, that's why there's doctors. Um, Even doctors go see doctors. (laughs) And uh, psychiatrists go see other psychiatrists, just like uh, on the Sopranos or whatever. the, The psychiatrist there had a psychiatrist she would go to. So sometimes, a lot of times, you cannot fix yourself on your own because you're in it, you're living it. Your perspective is is altered, and you really do need to get some help outside, someone that can give you a fresh perspective. You know, what I find myself doing all the time is, um, you know, I... I'm very, very uh, lucky, I'm thankful and humble uh, because uh, as I've grown spiritually, I wake up every day with a very positive attitude and I see things during the day and I'm not afraid to just say, you know, what do you mean? Uh, you just said that, uh, um, I, mean, I can't think of something right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to stop and say, well, wh- why don't you think about it this way instead? For example... I wrote an article, it's out on ezinearticles.com, it says how to quit anything. One of the key parts of it is when people are trying to quit drinking or lose weight or quit smoking, things like that, if you're focused on dieting, for example, you may be focusing on what you can't have today. For example, you say, well, I can't have chocolate, I can't have this, I can't have that. But what you really should be saying to yourself is, I'm so happy. Today I get to eat broccoli and, you know, all these, you know, name all the good things you get to eat. Be happy you get to eat today. And, uh, you know, that's, it's a mind-changing way of looking at things. It's not what you can't have. 
It's being happy for what you can have and living in the moment. And that is all part of, like, uh, I think you and I were going to talk a little bit about the law of attraction. And living in the moment you're in is so very important. You cannot dwell on yesterday, and you can't worry about tomorrow. In fact, my anxiety problem stemmed from worrying, and I worried constantly. And the one thing that I learned in the church that saved me in that regard is that it says worry is a sin. And I never knew that. And so I said, well, if worrying is a sin, I better stop that. And the more I learned and I, I, the more I read and I was around the church, the more I realized that it also was that worrying was not putting your faith into God. Because if you don't turn your life over to him and you don't have faith in him, you're trying to hold on to the reins, that's not going to work. So, you know, one of the things that I was doing was worrying. So as I said, you have to really live in today. And the best way you can live in today is to wake up thankful and be humble, be gracious, be happy for what you have, enjoy it, and really Really enjoy it, I mean. You know, don't just look at your cat the same way. I mean, just say, I'm so glad I have you. <laughs> so I, I hope that's not too deep, but I do tend to get deep. No, no, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, let, let's, let's, let's talk about the law of attraction. You know, a lot of people really don't understand it. Yeah, um, well, I didn't understand it either. Um, I started reading a book that this, um, a CEO gave me, and I thought, what is this? You know, I don't understand. It was by uh, um, my Hicks is all I can remember their names right now. Um, but it talked about energy, and it talked about receiving things. And it says you've got to know what you want, and then you need to ask for it, and then you need to be ready to receive it. And that's very important. All three steps are very important. But they talked a lot about energy and between people and all this other vibrational energy, source energy. And I was a little skeptical, I have to admit. But I said, well, I'm going to go do some reading because that's what I do. So I looked it up, and um, I said, well, what I've found is that uh, it's based on quantum physics. And I found a very good article, explained it clearly. You see, quantum physics is actually, it's the space between molecules. Mm-hmm. The, I'm sorry, the space between atoms and molecules. And it just so happens that in that space, they cannot, nobody can explain what goes on there. So that's, that's actually a big part of it, but that's the scientific part. Uh, I hope I'm not losing anybody here, but we talk about the law of attraction. You, you will attract what you are. So right. what, you, what you exude is what you will attract. And I see it every day. I practice it. I see it happen. It happens for me. And, and changing the the way I re, I act and the way I do things has changed the way people act towards me, which in turn it seems like it's just a win 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 for everybody. Um, but what I can say is this too: um, what when I started to read all this quantum physics stuff, and I was just had just gotten you know overjoyed in the last couple of years about my spirituality and having a relationship with Jesus Christ and God and and really starting to learn, I said, wait a second. I'm not so sure that I want any scientist to go and explain away my great God. 
Mm. And I was a little concerned. I thought, well, you know, I really like the way it's been laid out so far for me with God. And I'm not sure I really want all this, uh, you know, vibrations and, you know, what's (laughs) going on with cells. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the point was that I, I actually had a point where I said, you know what? They're not separate. It's all together. And if you really um, do, do some reading and studying in it, you will see that what, what is called source energy in the law of attraction is what I consider to be God. And that might be hard for some people, but uh, there's a, we're all connected. And I can tell you one thing the scientists did learn that uh, was very interesting for me is every molecule that touches another molecule ever always remembers and knows what the other molecule is doing. So if you do think about that for a little bit, you realize that everything has touched everything in this world because I touched the table, the table will touch you know, somebody else touched the table, that person had been somewhere else, and all of the world is connected. And so what that tells me is that if they say that what is inside of a, a molecule, the energy there, knows what other molecules are doing all the time, that means we're all connected. It's mm-hmm. inevitable. And I don't know how it all happens, and I don't know how it works, <laughs> but I'll bet you, <laughs> I'll bet you that is the, our good Lord at work. And uh, I, so I don't, I don't see the law of attraction as being too much of a hokey science anymore. I see it as uh, an, an interesting way of looking at spirit and, um, you know, things like that. Yes, you know, when I always made my my rules about the law of attraction really really easy and simple so i can remember it (laughs) and i always say you are what you eat (laughs) you know and i and and i always talk about in in a sense of being like you know you have these positives and you have these negatives and always talk about whatever you feed will grow and whatever you starve will die Mm mm-hmm you know, and so I, I try to make, I try to put it in my own mind with simple terms because, see, I like to eat. <laughs> and that's why I say I might need some help with the weight loss thing there, you know. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I want to talk about um, another part of your book. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've already talked about a little bit about your big reason that you want, that you quit. Yeah, I don't usually give that out, you know, because it's kind of the climax of the story, but I'd be happy to talk about that if you like. Right. You know, but... I want to talk about another part, and I wish uh, Mr. Price had come on to listen with us. So I could have asked him. Well, I'm we, sure he's we can listening. actually get him. Well, that's good. Can we get him on? Yes, we can. All right, because yes. I have a I have a really big question for him. Okay, uh, let me. Um, can you uh, explain to the audience a little bit so I can just take a moment and do that? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my question for him is really, and I guess it would really talk about uh, part four in her book, and it is, you know, well, she has uh, it's two chapters in chapter four, in part four of the book, and part four is talking about loving an alcoholic. And so that's really my question. You know, well, I mean, what do you think, Greg? Do you think that's a... That's a that's an honest question, right? Yes, because you know that is an honest question because they are a team. They're one. Mm-hmm. It's not one with a problem. It's both writing right. a problem. It's not just affecting her. It's affecting everybody that's around her. Right. And that being her husband, I think that yes, I think that's an honest question, and I think uh, he's going to answer it the, the best way that he can. And I know it's going to be answered with love. I know that. Yeah, you know, because a lot of people, you know, when they're dealing with that type of situation, people tend to look down on them. People tend to leave. They don't want to be a part of them. They don't want to be around them. They don't want to look at them. They look, you know, you know, they have all these opinions about who that person is, you yeah. know. 
one, I one, really want to know about chapter four. <laughs> and, and Brian, I'll say this I mean, before you get before you get a chance to you know to ask your question to Mr. Price, but I, I I can give you an answer, and that's love. Love is the most powerful powerful thing in this world, but a lot of us don't have the patience to use it. And you can see tonight, you you will see the true example of love. Mr. Price has used that. And Greg Turner, Joseph F. Price. <laughs> hey, hey. Mr. Price, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, sir? Yes, Brian had a question for you. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I, I was uh, asking your wife about part four of the book in chapter 20 and 21, and I believe that's the part that you've pinned. And that's correct. And I want to ask you, how do you love an alcoholic? Well, I'm only pausing because uh, oftentimes when uh, I think about love, I think about what someone told me about 25 years ago. And I see it in my face actually live nowadays, which is um, you love anybody the same way you love a baby the same way you love a child unconditionally um, in spite of, you know, their weaknesses and you love their strengths as well. I know that isn't the way you wanted me to ask, answer the question, but uh, that's the best that, that I can say. Oh, no, I mean, that you just was... hang in there. You give everything that you got. Um, I mean, you take ownership of the person and the person's life, and, and that would be the answer to it, which, again, I revert back to my original statement, which was, just the same way you love a baby. Mr. Price, this this is Greg, and I said this, I don't know if you heard me, but Brian's question was, how do you love an alcoholic? And and what I wanted to add to that was, it wasn't just her anymore, it was the both of you. It, it was, it when, when when you fell in love with her, you fell in love with everything about her. So you you had to fight that fight with her. And that's something that a lot of couples aren't doing right now. They point the finger and they, they make the situation worse because of they're, they're so afraid of what others are going to say and what others are going to think. I'd have, I'd have to agree with you 100%. And uh, as I had mentioned, uh, ownership is a, is a key word. You know, you, when, when you're actually uh, married, uh, it, it's, it's that you actually own that person's life. I, I mean, I heard a person once tell me, uh, when are you ready to get married? And, you know, you can have that defined by a lot of things. But when you're really ready uh, per this person, and I agree with them very much, so you're ready when you're ready to take on that person's problems as your own. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of ownership that, that has to happen uh, in spite of whatever decision that you make. I mean, some people's lives are challenging where they, you know, it may behoove them to make a move where there's a separation, but that doesn't preclude you from continuously taking ownership of, of the situation. You know, Mr. Price, you may not believe this, but your answer was absolutely perfect. Yes. You know, when I heard it, I was like, wow, because that's what love is. Love should never have conditions. If you put conditions on love, it's not love. It's something else. Yeah, it is. I, I often find it uh, almost hilarious when people say uh, love unconditionally because that's an unnecessary qualifier at the end conditionally unconditionally because when you see when you actually break down and define what love is it, it inherently is unconditional right right you know and i don't i had a bunch of other questions but you answered that one so well it kind of threw off the rest of the questions <laughs> i have a way of doing that at times um <laughs> You know, but it was just perfect. Did you want me to tell you that did I feel like quitting once or twice? Yeah, I did. You know, I think we all go through that. Sometimes we get tired, you know, we, we're fighting this fight and, 
you know, we're losing the battle, so we think. But, you know, I always say that as long as you keep chipping away, no matter how big of the chunk or how small of the grain, if you keep chipping away at a dam, pretty soon the water's going to gush. It, it it really is. You know, so I, I can, I'll say it right now. I commend you because, you know, too often we see, you know, people, you know, people that have problems, that have habits, that have addictions, and their family members are the first ones to leave them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and those are the people who they really need and depend on to help them out of the situation. And, and you know, sadly enough, they're the first ones out of there. Don't come by my house. You might steal something. I know you. I grew up with you. You know, you hear all these different things that they say, wherein if they were in that situation, they would want your help. You know, and so I commend you because, I mean, not everybody stays in, you know, sticks in for the long haul. You know, but I can truly see, and I heard it, you know, from your mouth that when you said, I do, you didn't say, you know, I do on condition of, you know, you said, I do. Well, I think, you know, it it, it also comes back to, to faith and and knowing that, uh, you know, God had something in store. I mean, it was so hard to see, but uh, uh, somewhere I, I just knew that there was uh, some reward at the end of this particular project that uh, I just took ownership of. Mm. Yes. You know, yeah. I, I can't explain, uh, you know, so many things um, with how it happened. Uh, obviously, there was, you know, some supernatural things going on i i don't try to uh figure out things that i don't know but it, but but i do know that i you know it's clear to me that destiny was uh uh placed in this uh particular particular situation well awesome awesome thank you so much for coming on and and, and uh taking brian's question and answering it uh wonderfully like you did <laughs> thank you well, thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, we appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. Uh, there's nothing like great minds sharing great information, so uh, I commend you for the work that you're doing. Now, what is it you do, Brian? Uh, Greg and I work as a team. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Yep, we're running this show together. <laughs> All right, well, we appreciate you having Karen on. Did you want to speak to her again? Yes, yes, yes please. We're, please. Yes. We're, we're, okay. I have a question for Karen. Okay. Karen, are you there? He's going to get her. <laughs> oh. So, so Brian, he, he answered the question just like you thought he would. Oh, yes. I so, mean, it was like even I better than I thought because yeah. the way that he put it, he put it so simple that, you know, anybody could understand. I mean, think about it. He said, you love them like you have love for a baby. Oh, boy. Now, when you think about, you know, especially with Father's Day being, you know, just, just past, yeah. when and you're a proud father and you see that baby that's your child for the first time and you get to hold them and you look at them and they could do no wrong. They could spit up all over you and everything and you just be happy wiping it off. Yep. You know, <laughs> I always thought about it when, when I was little, you know, I would see babies and they would slob and I would hate it. Oh, I don't want no slob. Now when I see little babies, if they slob on me, it's okay because they're okay. the baby. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he just put it in, in such a wonderful way, you know, that, you know, I, I loved his answer. Yeah. Is Karen back on? Yeah. Karen. I was going to say, um, and well, now you know what I love about him. Ah. I knew he was wise when I met him, and uh, I certainly wasn't in a, the right condition to be meeting someone, uh, he took that, He what he says is that he saw me and he said, this is a child of God. How can I possibly let this go? How can I let this person go on this way? That's what he tells me. Mm, powerful. He is a very unique, strong individual, and I have to say, as he said, supernatural or call it what you want, destiny. We we were meant to be. <laughs> so oh. uh, I've been learning from Joseph, 
Uh, you'll see it at the bottom of my email signature that I call him my personal growth coach. Yes. I've learned so much from him. Um, he's a wealth of information. And I have a chapter about that in the book, and I said, what made this person stop when so many others didn't? And I try not to dwell on the negative, but I, you know, I was made fun of at work. I had a problem. I was made fun of. No one talked to me about it. I didn't go to HR or nothing. I just, and I was very sick. Um, but what made Joseph just take that extra step? And it, what it was is that he's just got such a big heart, and he knows that you just don't leave people hanging like that. Right. right. And so he didn't. And he really hung you know, tough with a lot of struggle. I know he w- he went through a lot. He went through a lot just in re in writing the book because he has two chapters at the end that talk about his perspective, and we thought that would be very interesting for some people, some families. Um, but uh, it was hard. Hmm. You know what? I, I I can truly say I think that he didn't see who you were. He saw who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, that's what he saw. Karen, I had a question for you. Um, what kinds of readings have you learned from to develop your life philosophy or your life mindset? Mainly, I've read uh, the Bible. Okay. Um uh, Ask and It Is Given. That is by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, I've read some other books. Um, My God Box by Margaret Ucolano. And um, I tend to read a lot of things on the Internet. So um, picking up the book is something that I'm, I'm doing now because I have a whole new interest in it. But um, And I've also read things like Do What You Are by uh, Barbara Teeger. Mm-hmm. So Do What You Are. Um, those kinds of things, let alone the, the quantum physics research on the Internet. <laughs> yes. Well, what, do you, uh, what do you read that you enjoy? Uh... I, you know what? One of the best books that I've read is the book from... Uh, um, Napoleon, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Oh yeah. Napoleon Hill. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Joseph, one of his. That's one of his favorites. Yes, that's. You know, it's funny because I was gonna say the same thing. But you know what? <laughs> I think I think a lot of people get it twisted when they hear the title. Yeah. It, it, he's not. It, it's a different kind of rich that he's talking about. Right. Not money. Yeah. <laughs> well, not necessarily money, but you know. It, it turns into that, but. <laughs> Yeah, he teaches you a lot. Was that the book where there was a um, a journalist commissioned to do uh, certain interviews with rich people, famous people? No, I, I, okay. this one he was talking about um, Ford. He was talking about um, a, a, just a lot of people, different people. I wouldn't say he interviewed them, but he was just okay. bringing up. Yeah, he was just bringing up a lot of things that these people did, and it's just if you really think about it. It's really just teaching you not to quit and believe in believe in yourself and just go forward, and not try to reinvent the wheel. It's already invented. Just try to try to try to learn and be bold enough to learn and go forward, and have the faith to go forward and believe in yourself, no matter what others tell you. To just keep going at it, just stay at it, and you'll see the results at some point. And that's the thing. A lot of us don't have that that patience that we really need to achieve the things that we were created to achieve. And that's one thing that I wanted to to ask you. You know, there's a lot of things out there. Let's say public health. Mm-hmm. You know, what what's out there for the people? Okay. Well, uh, particularly in Florida, first of all, there's laws. There's mental health laws, and that's actually what saved me. My husband was able to use the um, mental health laws to have me uh, put into the hospital, by, you know, by the police. 
uh, there's a point that you can get to where uh, the definition is you cannot uh, take care of yourself or people think that you're able to hurt yourself or might hurt others, then they can put you under 72 hours of observation. Mm-hmm. And um, that's called the Baker Act in Florida. Yes, I was going to yes. say that, yes. Yeah. So I was Baker Acted. And then uh, the other law that's very useful is the Marchman Act, and that is uh, I did it of my own choice after finishing the Baker Act requirements. Um, the Marchman Act is kind of like when I, you turn yourself over and you just say, yeah, I, I agree, I need help. And you, and you get more help. Um, where I was, um, I was helped at not only the hospitals uh, who had to you know, uh, take care of me until I wasn't uh, inebriated anymore. And then I was taken to ACTS, um, A-C-T-S. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it stands for. And also Bay Life. And these are publicly funded I believe through the Health Administration of Florida, Health Care Administration. Um, but I am I'm very thankful of how I, I was finally able to get help through the laws and then through facilities. I had no money, I had uh, nothing, and I, you know, I had nowhere to go, and, and Joseph had nowhere to put me. <laughs> So those those places are very very helpful. They're necessary. Um, the only thing I might ask is, um, you know, probably if my particular situation were addressed earlier, it may have saved a lot of money for the community. Hmm. Because. Years went by where where I spent my money, and then I couldn't pay my hospital bills. And then I had to have community programs pay for me to get better. And really, if it could have been fixed in the first year or so, you know, that would have been good, much better for society. But it's important that we have these programs. And I will tell you that it is more expensive to have people under addiction and homeless than it is to put money into programs to help. Wow. More money gets spent on a homeless person over overall. Wow. So you've got to... One of the things that I'd like to do, actually, um, I have high aspirations, and that comes back to what you were saying, which is um, even though I already have what I think is a good life and I'm pretty happy, and you know, I got my career back and... Uh, I have a family, I have my health, I, you know, these things. Um, I, I want to do more. And it was when I heard that law of attraction stuff and I said, well, I'm happy. Why should I want to, why should I, like, open up and ask for more? I, I'm just happy now. And then I said to myself, well, I wonder what if, what if I allowed myself to receive more? Mm. That is a big step because people hold themselves back. What if I allowed myself to have more? What's wrong with having more? And I really, I don't, it's not, I'm not, I'm not um, stuck on that point or, or I'm not after getting more. It's all about being open to receive it. Should ah. it come? Because you, you will confine yourself, and you, you would have found that probably in some of the thinking that was in Napoleon's uh, book, is that you can only get as far as you dream. And if you just say, well, this is good, this is what I always thought I would have, then you're already limiting yourself. So basically I said, well, I wonder what if. And so I am now in in the mode of, I'm totally receptive. I always thought I was just going to have a certain amount of money in a certain place in life, and maybe I could be the vice president of marketing at a corporation. That was my idea. And uh, now I say, why stop? Why wait? You know, just go out and do what God wants you to do, whatever is his will, 
be your best, live every day in the moment you're in, love it, and, and, and what will happen is going to happen anyway. So just go, get on for the ride and have the best time you can at it. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to do was to help people who are stuck in that cycle and they're homeless. And the problem is that it's really hard to go from penniless to anywhere without some help. So whether you need to get cleaned up or you need uh, more education, you need to learn English, whatever it is, you know, that's why I like to find myself somewhere in the future playing a role in helping people to just get that edge they need to get back on their feet. You know, Karen, I'm, I want to go back to the book, and the book for everybody who's listening is Simply Quit Drinking. Simply Quit Drinking. You know, but I want to go to Chapter 15 where you talk about Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in your book you said a spiritual foundation for recovery, 12 yeah. steps. And, you know, Did and you I know thought that? about that. Did you know that or not? No, I didn't, I didn't know it. Well, let me, I would love to tell the world that Alcoholics Anonymous is based on a spiritual foundation for recovery. The 12 steps give you a spiritual foundation. And I will go through just some of the couple of things that you've got to do when you go there. And I don't think most people outside of AA know this great, magnificent part about it. And that the first thing you have to do is admit your life became unmanageable. Come to believe in a power higher than yourself. That's number two. Believe that that power higher than yourself can restore you to sanity. Make the decision to turn your life over to God or however you see your higher power. Become humble and ask God for forgiveness and to remove your shortcomings. Pray and meditate to improve conscious contact with God and pray for knowledge of His will. The last thing is that you hope for a spiritual awakening. This is all practically word for word. This is AA. This is what Alcoholics Anonymous is really about at the core, and it is incredible. Wow. You know, I never knew that. I mean, I I knew that there was a 12-step program, but I never really had heard about them because, of course, I've never been to Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, you know, in all seriousness, wow. It is <laughs> profound. And, and, and I do say, although... I actually, I haven't been to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in quite a while, quite a long time, over a year or more. I didn't pick up my one-year chip. Um, I had a little bit of uh, difficulty, and I, I actually planned to go back to meetings because something happens also. Yeah, You have to understand, just as I said before, when you're in it, you may not see it all, and there's a there's a change that happens after a year and after two years, and 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 anyway, it's um, it's a progression and it's kind of like just getting older and wiser, and having some time under your belt, and going back, it might actually be better now to to go back and just listen, just listen, um, because it it is powerful. I do love the twelve step meetings. That is what I I live for learning, and I. I was blessed, though. Not everybody gets their spiritual awakening, or at least not as quick as I did. Miraculously, I received my spiritual awakening, and it was profound. I talk about a little church, a little tiny church I used to walk by when I'd had no car, no driver's license, nothing, and I would walk to get groceries. And I passed this little rickety church, and I heard beautiful singing, and I just had to go in there. And that became our church for the next year or two. 
year and a half. But the spiritual awakening that I got was so strong that nothing can come between me and it. Nothing. It's amazing. So the um, I, I'm glad that you asked about the 12 steps. It's um, it's very interesting to know that that's what it was founded on. That the um, I also talk about Dr. Silkworth, who wrote the forward, uh, the preface of Alcoholics Anonymous, and the reason that I totally agree with him. He says that if the alcoholic would just follow a few simple rules, in nearly all cases, and and have a grounded, have a, I'm sorry, have ideals grounded in a power greater than themselves and come to believe in God and Jesus Christ. That's all they need. That's, it's just two things. And so uh, even he says follow a few simple rules, and it reminds me of way in the beginning of life, I had a few simple rules of why I didn't drink. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a, the simply quit drinking part, again, it's, it's a must-do. There is no part way. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say that some people um, may strive to do this uh, a cut back, kind of thing, and um, I think that's just a road to trouble. Yes, wow. You know, um, Karen, if someone was trying to get your book, how can they get it, and how can they get in contact with you and your husband for speaking engagements or, or your web address? How, how can they get in contact with you? Okay, well, the book, Simply Quit Drinking, you can buy it at Amazon, or you can buy it at the website, simplyquitdrinking.com. And that is uh, buying it direct from us at a discount. And uh, we're, we are the publisher. We're, we're happy to uh, be totally involved in our business. Uh, Reaching Peak is our business, reachingpeak.com. And we are all about creating information that is motivational and inspirational and empowering for people. And that's that's just our goal in life. If, if I were going to have anything else, that would be it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you can go to. We're actually just. Uh, I've been doing work on the website this weekend, and uh, uh, I I do all the website work and the shopping carts. And I'm a I'm a hard worker. I get up at about you know 4:35 a.m. and uh, do my work, and then I go to my job and come home and take care of our little girl and my husband and. Do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But that's also what I wanted to real quickly bring up is that um, I want to talk about the goal reaching. You see, the reason we call it goal reaching, we don't talk about we're going to do a goal setting seminar because that's you can set goals all day long. What we want to talk about is reaching goals. How do I get there? Sure, the first step is to write it down, you have to know what it is. But how do I get there? And I do put some parts in the book there that I break it down in three different ways, you know. How does the baby start to walk? How did I run a marathon? I ran a marathon. I followed the same plan everybody follows. And there's something to that. It's it's one step at a time. But I'd be happy to talk to anybody about it. Um, anybody would like to um, find out more about uh, the book, can go to simplyquitdrinking.com and um, certainly josephfprice.com. Joseph is a life coach. Thank you. All right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, Karen Price. Ms. Price, we thank you for coming on the show. We have about a minute left in the show, and I just want to close out by saying, wow. (laughs) I mean, I know I talk a lot, but I've been speechless most of this show because just (laughs) listening to your story and your struggle is inspiring. And so I just commend you and I commend your husband for sticking in there. That's what that's what love is all about and that's what a team is all about. And I also want to say to all of our listeners that, you know, just because you don't have a dime doesn't mean you're not worth a cent. You know, listen to what Karen said. She said she had nothing and she got someone to help. You know, and so I encourage you all, when you see somebody in a situation like that, help them. Help them. Because the cost, that, that little bit of 
time and money you spend to help them now may save you a whole lot later. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. We thank you and good evening.